Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Desirability Alt, episode 22. Today, I'm excited to share an interview with my guest, Lorraine Stanley. Lorraine Stanley was a fitness instructor before she developed ME. Based in the UK, she hunted for support on sex and disability, and she discovered very limited resources covering the subject of sex and intimacy. So Lorraine decided to be proactive and ran several sex and disability discussion groups at her local independent living center. Lorraine started a not-for-profit organization, SWAD, that stands for Sex with a Difference. Be sure to check out the rest of her bio in the show notes. I had the opportunity to meet Lorraine at a panel we were both speaking at for a conference in October. I'm so grateful to have met her. In this interview, we discuss some of our similar experiences as bisexual women and experiences in alternative lifestyles. Lorraine talks about her love of swimming, sex, and swinging, and shares how she came to find her true, authentic self. We had a ton of laughs along the way as well. So here goes. Welcome, Lorraine Stanley. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Angela. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Lorraine and I met at a conference that we were both involved in back in October called Love Abilities. So I'm excited to have you on the show today. Oh, it's fabulous. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, and we had a lot of fun uh, being on that panel. Um, yes. Really, really lovely. Yes. Um, so Lorraine, could you start off just telling the audience a little bit about yourself? I certainly can. Um, I was born in Ireland, but I've lived most of my life now in the UK. Uh, I live down on the coast, on the south, and I've been involved in the sex and disability world since about 2007. And uh, that was because of my own situation. Um, I was looking for information, couldn't find it, got frustrated, and I thought, you know what? If it's not out there and I can't find it and I'm quite motivated, then maybe I need to just make some resources myself um, or create a, a sort of a treasure chest of resources that I find so that then other people can also get a little bit of help sooner rather than later. Um, uh, yeah, so that was really the starting point for everything. And we've had several incarnations uh, the organization is SWAD, which stands for Sex with a Difference. And uh, I, I just, I decided that because a lot of people say without disabilities um, are, have maybe certain fixed ideas about what disabled people should or shouldn't do or can and can't do. Um, but also for people with long-term health conditions or disabilities, that it's okay if you you do things in a different way um, it doesn't mean that you're less than it also doesn't mean that you're more than but it certainly doesn't mean that you're less than um, and also one of my one of my favorite memes that I made was not every disabled not everyone um, is heterosexual and does sex in the missionary position. That's my, it's <laughs> like, oh God. So yeah, it was interesting to, my sort of quest was, am I the only bisexual disabled woman with mental health conditions and all the rest of the stuff that goes on in the UK? 
that was my sort of starting point was the UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and thankfully, I discovered I'm not the only person. Um, but it has taken a while to, to really understand how many of us there are out there. And very much not alone. It's just a question of finding your tribe, really, I think. Yes, I agree. When I started off in the kink world, I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because I have spina bifida and I didn't know a whole lot of other people with spina bifida, even in the vanilla world. And come to find, I ended up meeting someone else with spina bifida at a munch in my area. Never knew her. <laughs> and that's where I met her in a king event. So <laughs> yeah, we are out there and there's, there's groups and, and everything for, for folks with disabilities, even certain types of disabilities yeah. specifically. So it's, it's really awesome. It's good because it's part of my journey of becoming a single parent with two young kids at the time. Um, And I sort of had given up on sex and I thought, you know what, not interested, can't cope with relationships, sort of managed to get away from a a very unhealthy relationship. And um, I thought, right, okay, never, never going near a man again, because at that point I hadn't actually realised how bi I am. <laughs> it was like uh, where I grew up, it was all very, you know, heterosexual. It took me a long time to even realize that there were gay people in the world um, and sex wasn't really talked about, which I know is not unique to where I grew up. Um, it was all a bit too embarrassing and was certainly something that was done behind closed doors um, and wasn't really talked about. Uh, so because I grew up in an environment where everybody was heterosexual, apparently, although I know that isn't the case now, and um, then because I was attracted to men, I thought, well, you know, that's just that's who I am. Um, but looking back, um, I realised that actually I was attracted to women as well from actually quite a young age. Um, but the the journey of being a single parent and not wanting into a relationship because of the amount of effort that a relationship takes. Uh, one of my conditions is ME, um, and that has with it a lot of energy um, problems. So mental energy, physical energy, um, emotional energy all take, they really drain <laughs> your body battery in the same way that a mobile phone would run out of juice and so I thought well I can't cope with a full-on relationship but I do have an itch that I want to scratch (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like okay how do I do this whilst still you know having an adult bubble so that my my kids are you know safe and well and happy Mm -hmm. and and that was when I discovered swinging so um yeah (laughs) it's like woo. (laughs) So many questions now. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Feel free to interrupt me at any point because, you know, I think you might have got the gist already that I can talk. You know, I love talking to people and I love listening to people. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I waffle a bit, um, I'm autistic as well. So sometimes I'll just go down a rabbit hole. Um, But you are very welcome to sort of pull me back. (laughs) It's not a problem. So fire away. Ask away. (laughs) Well, first, what what does ME stand for, for folks that might not know? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, It's myalgic encephalomyelitis. Although uh, certainly here in the UK, um, there's been a bit of, I don't know if you'd call it a rebrand, because of what the different components of that name mean to being myalgic encephalopathy. Um, So basically, myalgic is to do with muscles and the encephalomyel whatever, whichever version you like, is to do with brain inflammation. And that's the sort of basic translation of what it is. Um, It is also known over here and across the world as chronic fatigue syndrome, CFS or CFIDS, I think is a recent one in America. But a a big hot issue is uh, that there's a lot of historical um, opinion within the medical community um, that it's a psychological condition. It's not based in a biological issue despite being classified as a neurological condition in all the whatever they're called the medical 
you know, Bibles that people go to when they want to classify something. Um, but basically for me, it's, it's, yes, there is fatigue, but it's not, I suppose the best way to describe it is if you've been out and you've been playing a game of tennis or something, um, or you've gone on a really long trek somewhere and you're really tired, but it's like a really good tired and then you rest and you have a sleep and you wake up and you're like, kaboom, you know, I'm all bright and breezy again. This is, this is more like <sighs> draining deep in your bones. You know, I could sleep 18 hours a day. I would still wake up and not feel refreshed. Um, which over a long period of time can really affect your mental health. Um, I also have uh, fibromyalgia, which again is to do with muscle pain. Um, so that's pain throughout the body. Some days certain parts are worse than others. Um, and one of the reasons your, your viewers will not be able to see me, but I am lying down on a bed. <laughs> this is my office bed. Um, and I have uh, sort of above me, like a TV arm that has a computer monitor on with a camera and um, because part of one of the symptoms I have a lot of with my ME is called orthostatic intolerance which means that if I'm vertical or I sit up for a while my blood pressure goes haywire and then I'm at risk of passing out mm. um, and just sitting upright requires a lot of energy in my body so since I've had this, what I call my magic arm, I have been able to use my brain energy more, which has really helped with with starting the business in earnest. And um, because I'm, my muscles are not having to use energy to sit up. So it's like, you know, a sex mm -hmm. goddess in bed. <laughs> it's like, uh <-huh. laughs> it's like awesome. well, why not? You know, uh -huh. yeah, it's a talking point. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and I wanted to go back also, you were talking about being bisexual and I just wanted to make a comment. I also, I knew that I was bisexual pretty young, mm -hmm. but I didn't acknowledge it or talk about it. I stayed in denial about it for many, many years. And, you know, I was married by the time I realized I was also attracted to women. I was married to a man. And uh, so that was interesting. And then, you know, it wasn't until I could no longer deny it to myself and to him that I finally came out about it and, you know, <laughs> went to therapy and yeah. Therapy's good. I've, I've mm. had um, pockets of therapy throughout my life mm. um, and they have always helped me to move through whatever difficulty I was having at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and not just that, it's, it's going past um, sort of putting soothing ointment on whatever the sore bit is it's more it's also about like realizing who I am mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you found that yourself Absolutely. Um, and then actually feeling feeling good in yourself and helping me to realize who I am as a as a person because I don't think we often get that much space to take time out to just focus on us you know and um, so yeah yeah, I'm a big, big fan of therapy. I also like, um, I've had some Me hypnotherapy um, and also some spiritual healing at certain points in my life. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm, in, I'm into like aromatherapy, massage, you know, sling some chocolate mud at me. I <laughs> 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 so, like, give it a go. Unless I think it's going to be too painful. It's like, you know, I'll have a go. If it's not going to harm me, I'll see what it might work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Then we get into Tantra, which has also been a bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm into all of that. Yeah, a bit of a tart, really, but hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the swinging lifestyle? Yeah, it, it started off with a, a friend who was also a single mum. And I was around at hers one day and there was a she was looking for a man in her life um, and busy life, you know, kids, all the rest of it. She wasn't able to get out and date in what most people would see as like a regular way. And um, so she come across this website where the women can put their profiles on there for free, a dating, it was a regular dating website. Um, I think it was called Girls Date for Free, which is, you know, highly original, but hey ho. Um, and yeah, she was on that. And we just had such a laugh looking through 
the uh, profiles of the men that sort of were coming up. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Because you're it's of an evening, kids are in bed, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you know, I can't bear to watch another whatever program again. And um, so I had a look and I met a few people on there, did my, you know, took it slowly, did did sort of good internet dating um, sort of protocols, didn't meet up with anybody, uh, you know, in a private place, but always in a public place, that kind of stuff. And long story short was that there were two or three people I met on there and one of them mentioned swinging and I didn't know what swinging was. So I had to Google it because <laughs> I was very, very naive. Um, and I thought, oh, do you know what? Actually, originally I thought I was I was polyamorous. That was the, the first thing, you know, so there was swinging, there was polyamory. And I thought, oh, you know, looking back on my um sort of sexual and romantic life I often had how can we say it relationships that weren't totally finished before I met somebody else mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I, I have always seemed to have had this thing where basically you know I'm quite into touch and people and therefore it's not I don't always finish off one thing before I start another. There might be two or three on the go at the same time. And, and so basically I thought, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the answer. You know, I'll meet two, two, three people. We'll have this lovely relationship where we're supportive, but then, you know, it's always fresh because you've got, you know, new input. And if you're in a certain mood, like you have friends sometimes that you do different things with, you've got your friends you go to the cinema with, or you play tennis with, I thought, you know, maybe this is the way. Um, so I thought that, um, announced that to my uh, two sisters who went into complete, you know, <laughs> oh my god you what, what are you thinking of because they you know um mm -hmm. i was and, say that was brave <laughs> talking to your sisters thank you for saying that because like, it was but i thought oh they're going to be so happy oh, i told you i was a bit naive i thought they're going to be so happy for me because i've been come out of this horrible relationship and you know i'm happy and i've found out i felt i'd found out my true self this this was a big thing um and they weren't particularly happy they were more like oh my god internet dating blah, 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 yeah and run a million miles in the other direction um so yes that was a bit of a moment i thought okay i, I obviously need to be bit more aware that not everybody <laughs> is gonna <laughs> think this is a really good idea <laughs> oh God, you know but I went with happiness in the end and I'm glad I did because I'm very happy very yeah. very happy indeed awesome. so you know they've got their their understanding of things um but ultimately I don't know how you feel but it's it's your life mm -hmm. you have to live your life and yes you don't deliberately tread on somebody else um but at the same time, you have to be able to look in a mirror and go, yes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm yeah. good. You know? um, Absolutely. So I don't know if that answered the question. Did that answer yes. the question? Yes. Yeah, I did. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I definitely agree with you. I, I came out to my family about being bisexual and that took a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, and then for to talk about you know, other things that I'm involved with. And now I'm doing sex education and kink education and all of those things. So and now I'm I'm out there with everybody. So it's sort of like, you know, I found I absolutely agree with you. I found this lifestyle that I love. And, you know, I want to share it with the world. I want to share like the positive experiences that I've had with the world. And yeah, there's going to be people, including family, that's not going to be happy about it. But, you know, that's okay. I can accept that. Yeah. And, and ultimately, most people don't have their family in their bedroom when they're having sex. Do you know what I mean? It's not right. really. If it's two consenting adults um, in, in their space where, you know, they're not impinging on anybody else, then is it really anybody's business? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if it's consensual and nobody is being harmed um then that's just my take on it but i'm quite um i'm quite a pragmatic person 
Um, and I think where the autism comes into it is, you know, things are basically, well, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. And OK, sometimes I'll get it wrong because I'm human. Um, but it's like, well, if this makes sense, even if it's not what's usually done or what most people would do, then my benchmark is if it's not hurting somebody and people are consenting, we'll then have at it because you know, I've had a couple of close calls in my life health-wise, um, and I just think life is very short, um, and you need to be doing stuff that you're happy doing, and therefore it's nobody else's business. It's not their right to say to me that I can't do something. Um, if I'm square with myself and with the sort of laws of the land, as it were, then, um, you know, go for it, basically. And the people... You know, what I've found is the people, well, there's that classic thing, isn't it? The people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. Mm -hmm. um, and going full circle with the ME and stuff, you know, there are friends and family members who just don't get it. Um, and that's been quite painful at times. But there have been people who I never realised were friends until the proverbial hit the fan. Um, and, you know, it's, there are some relationships that I are just tremendous. They wouldn't have really deepened or happened as the way that they have if I hadn't uh, acquired ME and, and other stuff. Um, so I'm really happy about that because, you know, it's, it's nice to know that the people that are in your corner are actually really in your corner. They're not just pretending um, so I've I've done my very best to let the other people just go and sort of paddle their own canoe. <laughs> yes. Off they go. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so, you know, people like meeting yourself, you know, and some of the other people that I've met from as a result of that festival. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible because you can just talk about stuff and you can use language, whatever is appropriate to you. Nobody gets offended. Um, I had a phone call, well, a Zoom call, um, I think it was last night, actually, um, and that was with two people in different parts of America. I'm becoming an international goddess these days. <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> we were just having a right laugh and reveling in the fact that we could speak openly and we're all coming from a very similar point of view, um, which is basically, you know, you, you don't sort of rot from the neck down or whatever just because you've got a disability. It, people are horny and randy and, you know, want romance and touch. Um, and, you know, it's just so lovely to meet a group of like-minded people who are determined that pe anybody who wants to have sex and intimacy, regardless of their ability or disability, that we should be doing everything we can to make this happen. So it's like yes. it's like warrior stance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Great fun. I don't know if you found I found in the kink community, I've found a lot more acceptance um, mm -hmm. there than I have in like vanilla dating. Yeah. I don't know if your experience in the swing lifestyle was the same. Like, how were you treated in that lifestyle as a person with a disability? I would say much better than in Vanilla World. Um, and I was seen as a person rather than whatever my outer shell was. And um, I'm a larger lady and, uh, I also, which is separate from swinging, I'm also a naturist, um, which again was something I didn't realise I was <laughs> until after I split up with my ex. <laughs> um, well, tell us about that a little bit. What it, What is a naturist? Right. So a naturist is somebody who, who is comfortable in their own skin um, and is basically happy to do things naked and just likes that and doesn't really get hung up on... Uh, sort of image and clothes and um, judging people by their sort of cover, as it were. Um, one of the things I really loved when I was uh, able to go to naturist and clubs is 
you'd meet somebody like in the jacuzzi or in the sauna or the swimming pool or whatever and you'd have a full-on chat with them and you'd get this concept of who they were as a person but then there's this weird time where they get dressed and then they leave the building and you're like oh my god I never would have put that person down as wearing that suit or that outfit and it's it's a little bit of a, a brain explosion because <laughs> you're like oh my god um but also it's a really um, good life lesson in not to judge people by how they appear. Um, and, you know, where where I was regularly, at, it was actually the Nature's Club where I met my current partner. Um, and, um, you know, you would see it, all different cars in the car park. <laughs> You'd have everything from really expensive, posh sports cars um, to what we would call in the UK a banger, which is, you know, a bit of a wreck that you can just about afford to run, but it gets you from A to A to B. Um, and you could never really tell who would be going home in which car. Um, and and that was that was good fun. And um, but what it meant, you know, I've actually felt the the club that I used to go to had party nights and um so you know you could be naked you could be wearing some lingerie um and or you could just have like a towel around your waist if you needed a towel or whatever because you'd be going between the uh, wet area <laughs> which in this context is jacuzzis or swimming pools and um, and you'd be in the dry area where you could be boogie on down and the very first time I walked in there with somebody he had warned me he said look the first 10 minutes or so are probably going to be a bit of a blur, but just sort of brace yourself because there's going to be shit ton of naked people <laughs> in there. And there was. And the experience of, um, at that point, I was more mobile than I am now. And the experience of dancing naked in a room of like 300 odd people and nobody was being um, inappropriate with me you know I've had more hassle going out clothed to a pub mm. or a nightclub than I had in that room which is it's remarkable and also being a large lady often with you know with the images that you see in media selling products and the people that are in and the people that are featured in magazines mm. it's it can be very easy to think that you're maybe not attractive or you should be different than you are but you know that club was where I realized that there are men who actually are turned on by curvy women mm -hmm. and it's like they they'd sort of look at somebody who was a different body shape a smaller body shape and they just wouldn't do it for them um, and also uh, fuzzy bits you know, there's so many women now that get everything plucked and waxed and, and all that. And I'm more of a, you know, get the gardener in and make everything nice and trim sort of girl. <laughs> and, you know, that that was fine as well. And I just mm -hmm. thought, this is lovely. It was like it was like getting a great big hug, but from a whole load of people at the same time. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> it's beautiful it's like it makes you feel like you know I'm me and I'm accepted and yeah, yeah that yeah. love and hug that's awesome oh, I yeah. love that lovely yeah yes <laughs> I've had moments where I felt that, that way too and and just listening to you I remember one time going to a party and it was like a hotel well we tried for a hotel takeover but that didn't happen the funny thing was they had a pool that we were all able to swim naked in the pool. Oh, and so they just had like a covering up over the walls of where the, the pool was so that if other people were walking by, they didn't see it. Yeah. Of, of course, me and a few friends were in the pool late at night when they're taking down all the covering on the walls. And we're like, uh oh, we got to run and go get our clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, for me with, with my disability, like I, I walk with crutches and whatnot and I'm more free in the pool because I feel like I can do so much more in a pool than I can outside yeah. of the pool. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then the nice thing with um, where I went to is it was actually an outdoor pool and they had sort of walled around it to sort of buffer any breeze and stuff like that. 
and um, and it's just when the sun was out it's like a sun trap so you could easily you've got a blue sky above you mm. and you know we're in the UK it's not known for being a hot climate and so you sort of grab your heat when you can in the sunshine but you could look up at the sky and you could be anywhere in the world you could think that I don't know you're on a sunny beach in Spain or and it was just lovely and that thing of swimming naked naked oh my goodness and then not having the soggy bathing costume and the yeah. shenanigans you have and contortions of trying to dry yourself off and and it just the 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 being at one with your own body and the water and yes with mobility issues that feeling of being supported and we were there like all day and they had um accommodation on site so you could spend the night as well so for me with my disability I could do some swimming but then rest and then do some swimming and then rest which meant that quite apart from sex which is also part of my exercise <laughs> it's one of the few accessible exercises that I can do and mm -hmm. um, sex and swimming so everything begins with an s <laughs> it's like squad sex swinging and <laughs> um, yeah so it, it's it's lovely but but you know that is where I met Mike my partner um, and we're together 10 years and we're just coming up for our 10th anniversary and this yeah. year we're going to get married so that's oh, um, yeah congratulations thank you it's exciting we're just trying to fit it in around covid rules but you know we'll get there yeah, um, yeah. so so yeah naturism personally for me has been fantastic loved it absolutely mm -hmm. loved it loved the swinging as well haven't been able to do it for a while now but i still love it yeah so, yeah. <laughs> yeah do you have any advice for folks with disabilities that might be interested in um, naturism or swinging or alternative lifestyles or finding out more? I think I can only really talk from my own experience and what I've observed as well um, is in the same way as in regular life, you get all sorts of people with all sorts of attitudes and beliefs you still get that within the naturist community or within the swinging community but on the whole it's just i have found it to be much more accepting i had uh, on one of the uh, swinging networks over here i did my profile i thought right am i going to do the pouty selfie photograph for the swinging profile am i going to wear the sort of traditional like push-up bra all the sort of uh, stereotypical stuff and i thought do you know what no because that is not me so I don't want to appear to be one thing and then I rock up to a to a swing day and the reality is different so I did put a bit on my profile and I just said look you know I've got a, a mobility condition so I may arrive using a walking stick and um, don't worry because once we're horizontal and on a bed it really doesn't make any difference <laughs> it may mean I need to have a rest between sessions but um, and I only have had one couple that didn't proceed with a swing date. Um, and that was obviously their right. Um, but there's a certain proportion of people within the swinging community. And one of the reasons that they're there is because one or the other of them as a couple um, have got physical difficulties or maybe are just not into sex for that period of time. They've sort of lost their mojo. Um, or it may be that they have a medical condition and it means that it's it's not possible for them to have sex, although it could be they, they're not aware of all of the possibilities that are open to them, but within their um, realm of experience, they, they think it's sort of like, right, well, this is it and I can't do that, so therefore I can't have sex. But on the whole, there's, I would say with a disability, it's just being open and honest because rather than being in a really sexy situation and it, everything's screeching to a halt, if you're up front, then things will generally go okay. It's something that's worth considering. It's not for everybody. And in the same way that in a straightforward monogamous heterosexual sort of relationship, there will be times that you'll you get your heart broken possibly, or you might become a bit over-involved and the, the, I think, you know, Mike and I would talk about the chat. There would sometimes be little mini dramas on the party nights of the club we went to, where obviously the couple had not had the chat before they went. Um, and one of the other of them got jealous because somebody, the other person was getting more attention or giving 
more attention to somebody outside of their relationship mm-hmm. um, and you could always tell because of the drama and it's like you go and you know if you're going to be swinging as a couple you have got to talk around all of these things but actually we found that the communication that is basically necessary to be able to swing happily meant that we've worked much better as a couple than either of us have experienced in any of our previous relationships it's about the communication because you sort of have to if you want to to get the most out of it yeah wow yeah I tried swinging for a little while and it just wasn't for me yeah I had a hard time with um getting emotionally attached to people Mm-hmm. And I, I think part of the problem was the the one person that I was swinging with, I was really crushing on. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't going anywhere, you know, outside of the swinging. So. Yeah. And it's, it, it can be hard sometimes, but then I think I, mean, I might have a, dip, in fact, I know it's probably a different opinion than a lot of people. Um, but to me, if if you're in a committed actual life partnership with somebody and for whatever reason one of you is not into having sex anymore um then if that's the only thing that is a hurdle in your long-term fantastically loving relationship but the person who is into sex still wants to actually have sex Mm -hmm. does it really matter you know as long as it's okay between the couple and you'd like to think that the person who's going off and having sex is taking appropriate precautions against STIs and pregnancy, if that's a, a possibility, then I think personally that's fair enough. You know, in the same way that if you have a problem with your feet, you would go to somebody, a foot doctor of some description. And, um, you know, you've got sports injury, you go to a physiotherapist that nobody says that that's going to be the death of your fabulously loving long-term relationship. So why why is this this big sort of taboo? I mean, I don't, I don't know how you feel about yeah. the sort of taboo type mm-hmm. idea. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm coming from a polyamorous background. You know, I'm actually in that situation now. I'm not able to have sex as much as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And if my partner just wanted to go have sex with someone to fill that need I'd be okay with that Um, for me I think of cheating more as being about the lie you're you're lying you're being dishonest where with polyamory with swinging you know you're open and honest about it and your partner knows what's going on and you can communicate what your needs are and what your concerns are so yeah yeah I, I agree with you and I like really like what you said about, you know, that we can get our hearts broken, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what, because I do feel like, you know, when I had that, that time with swinging, I got heartbroken, but you know what, I don't regret anything I did. Like, it was a fun time. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> and, totally, you yeah. Know, it's, that's okay. You, like, you know, that's, that's a good thing. You know, I'll take, yeah. I'll take the good part. Yeah, you take, <laughs> take out of it what you will. And there's some really some really ridiculous situations that we found ourselves in so that on one particular occasion we were on um there's a sort of individual playrooms at the place that we swung and then there was also like um a couple's room where it was basically you have to be part of a twosome to go in there and um, because there's a bit of a sort of phenomenon within the swing community um of single single males that are are there looking for um a sex partner basically um, and they want to have their fun as well which is absolutely fine except for the fact that some of them weren't really up to speed on the courtesies mm. um, and the protocols of of how you approach somebody and um, so sometimes as a couple it was just really nice to go into the couple's room where you knew that that wasn't going to be something you had you had to manage um, and there was six of us on a bed this time. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> oh, goodness. Mike was so funny because at one point we ended up playing together. And then he's like, well, hang on a minute. You know, we're at a swingers place. 
I'm having sex with my partner. There's something wrong with this equation. (laughs) 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 So we swapped partners and that was fun. But also, um, I was having my multiple orgasms, which were very nice. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But as I mentioned earlier, my energy levels can, can sort of drain down. Um, and I obviously overdid it on this occasion because I, I ended up, I was on the floor. I didn't fall on the floor, but I was on the floor. And I have episodes where my limbs won't move. And unfortunately, I had just a few too many <laughs> multiple orgasms. And I'm like on the floor in the couple's room in a swingers place, not able to move. <laughs> and it was taking a while for the, the energy to come back. And so somebody, you know, got me a drink and I don't know, a bit of chocolate or something to try and get my 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 get up and go again. Um, but it was getting to the point I've been on the floor for about 40 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, um, what's going to happen here? Oh. And the, the guys were sort of saying, well, you know, we can carry you out, Lorraine. It's fine. I'm going, you are not carrying me out of the couple's room <laughs> and the guys were saying it's fine because you know we're gonna get I'm like, oh my god you know basically they shagged her so hard that she can't move like oh my god they're amazing you know like what a guy uh, and I said no so we compromised when I got a bit of energy back with sort of two of them on either side of me and um, and my walking sticks or crutches or whatever I was using at the time but yeah I thought no I'm not I, that's just a thing too far I'd rather sort of hide under the bed <laughs> Yeah, and then you've got all the stuff that happens with things like fanny farts and squelchy noises, and you you have to have a sense of humor, I think. Uh (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) When when you go into those situations, do you talk with folks beforehand about like, you know, what might happen if you have an energy drop, an energy, or it? Because sometimes you meet people on the night. And it's quite an immediate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you may have actually spoken quite a few times. There were quite a few regulars there, um, in which case they know anyway, because it would have just come up in conversation throughout the course of the day. Um, so, yeah, but also, I mean, sometimes I was there on my own, um, but we used to we used to <laughs> say, you know, it was um, the, the team would look after me if I was on my own. And if he was on his own, the team would look after him. And so we had our people that were watching our backs, as it were. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm generally upfront and honest. Um, but also, you know, if I know that I've got decent energy levels, I'm like, well, I don't need to give them the whole the whole spiel. Um, it's just, I'll say sometimes I'm a bit, you know a bit wonky or something but you know I'll let you know if I need you to stop sort of thing um but then you'd have that conversation for best possible experience of a swinging session you'd be having some sort of conversation anyway because you need to clear up about the whole you know making sure that somebody's using a condom you know some people like to do things like um you know smack somebody on the bottom or you know um rake their fingernails across somebody's back or you know so you you have those conversations anyway sort of what's the safe safety word things like that if if that's necessary and um, so it's just part of the overall conversation you know and sometimes um we didn't actually have sex full on sex sometimes it was actually more about a really sensual body experience and at playing but nobody had an orgasm and and that was okay because you just had this fabulous time where you were really connected with another person it's just such a lovely feeling when when you feel that connection and um, so yeah it wasn't all about the orgasms and um, most of it was actually about having a laugh and and the connecting but yes there were plenty of orgasms as well I had the I had the blessing of a six-handed massage once with three guys, one of which was my partner and, and a couple of sort of people that we got to know. And it, it was like oh, massages from all directions with everybody and we were all having a good time. Awesome. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your organization, SWAB? Mm-hmm. And any events or anything coming up that you'd like to tell us about? We started off by running sex and disability discussion group 
which you know I just ran I approached my local independent living center so where I used to actually go for pottery classes or pick they had an adapted gym stuff like that there um, and they'd gotten to know me and I said well look I'm I'm starting this thing is it possible that I could use one of your rooms and they understood where I was coming from and they thought this was a very good idea so they let me use one of their rooms um, so I got to know a few local people realized that yes other people were interested in, in what we were trying to offer fast forward to uh, December just gone and we we've gone for it uh, everything was in the right place with regards to health um, my health has stabilized a bit now and also my caring responsibilities uh, my mum passed away a year ago um, and we'd been heavily involved in her care she had dementia um, and I have an adult son who's on the spectrum as uh, I'm on the spe autistic spectrum myself so there was a lot of change but it meant that I was in the lucky position of having some energy and um, having some space, having, you know, the time. Um, so we sorted out some funding and I thought, you know what, I, I found a local organisation that could support me into becoming an entrepreneur um, and we've gone for it. So we ran um, our first sort of in our new mode as SWOT, <laughs> we ran our first training session about three weeks ago that was like a fully paid up serious training session um and it was just a complete blast <laughs> mm, <laughs> and it was to do with sex disability and the care act 2014 which sounds a bit of a dry subject um and the care act over here sets out the responsibilities um on the part of government and and local authority services for people with disabilities if you need a care package uh, with uh, caregivers caretakers coming in to help you with stuff like personal care um, or preparing meals. It's all tied in together. I don't know what it's like in America, uh, but over here it's very focused on things like, do you need somebody to come in three times a day to do something? Do you need overnight care, turning in bed? Mm -hmm. But there was no mention of any questions being asked or comments being given to say, look, we know that part of life is sexual expression so you know yes we're going to talk about how many times you go to the loo and how much help you need and mm -hmm. um, yes we're going to talk about continence issues or or whatever but nobody talks about sex and intimacy and that was what had started off my journey i thought you know what we've got to go for the kill we have got to go straight to the heart or the jugular of this issue and if we can get it on the government forms where they're asking about activities of daily living if we can get sexual expression in there that means the government has already got their targets to say that you know if such a such a council doesn't tick that particular box that they've covered that subject they will be penalized or they can be taken up as being you know sort of ineffective or, or whatever and um, so that's that's one of our main missions is we're going straight to the heart of it um, and we're also going straight to the heart of the like, occupational therapists, physios, allied health professionals, regular medical folk, doctors and nurses and catching them before they go into the big wide world. So we're sort of targeting universities um, and training organisations um, to catch them and explain to them and help them to recognize the fact that this is important and we had a stand a few years ago and um, there's a massive exhibition over here called nadex that happens usually once a year and we invested in ourselves and we took a stand there and there are thousands of disabled people and professionals who support disabled people that attend we had 700 people over three days that came to our stand and these people were so desperate for information they were quite happy to talk about very personal matters we'd obviously step back into the stand area a little bit but there were people that were saying things that you know they would have trouble talking to their their sort of doctor about mm -hmm. in a private consultation room um, and it just confirmed that the need is there for an organization like us yes. but also 
you know, the professionals were thinking that the disabled folks knew they could ask the question. And the disabled folks were thinking, I don't think I can ask the question because that might affect, you know, the support that I get if they think I'm sort of, you know, weirdo sex maniac person. So mm -hmm. nobody was saying anything. And the people that really needed the help were like falling through the crack. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're about. And we're about humor. So we have uh, a couple of illustrators. And we're international because one of our illustrators is based in Italy. And, and we, we take situations that either we've encountered or from stories that people have relayed to us. And we turn them into like a little cartoon, like a single meme sort of thing. And, and uh, <laughs> there's, there's one of them, which is a situation uh, that uh, Mike faced with, with an ex-partner, but we know happens to other people where you've got one person, in this case, the woman is, has got a specialist mattress that's on a standard bed. So she needs that for her health condition, but her bloke is like hanging on on the five inches between the mattress and the edge of the bed on his side. Um, and then the the comic side, side of it is that you can't see anything. So you're not actually seeing a penis and you're not seeing her him her holding on to his penis. But the the title on it is basically, you know, he was he was concerned about her grab handle, you know, her use of grab handles. And you sort of know what it's all about. Um, but even our cartoons, they've got fuzzy bits because, you know, generally speaking, women have fuzzy bits. So, um, yeah, so that that's what we do. We help. We Such a needed service. Thank you. We want to help um, people with disabilities. We want to support them. We want to support the people who are caring for them because they often get forgotten about. We, we're here to support and educate the professionals um, that are working with people. Um, so, and, and also disabled people them, themselves, really. Um, so there are four, our four strands. Awesome. And Lorraine, I'm, I'm excited that you are now the coordinator for the next Love Abilities. Uh, tell us a little bit about when that'll be happening. Uh, the next Love Abilities, I'm happy to announce, because we've just decided it, is going to be in October of this year, um, on a Wednesday, Wednesday the 20th of October, uh, going through till Friday the 22nd, um, and it is a global event, so we will be operating in several different time zones, um, and this year we're covering, it's even more inclusive than it was last year, because um, we're going to have dedicated sessions uh, to support adults with intellectual disabilities. Over on our side of the pond, we call it learning disabilities. Um, but we're, we're playing around with mixing up some of the panels a bit. Um, and also, you know, trying to involve people last year, the times weren't really conducive to people in certain parts of the world like Australia. So we're actively making contact with some people over there as well. Um, but there's going to be, it's fantastic. There's going to be panel sessions. There's going to be workshops. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, going from the very beginning stages of, you know, how do you sort yourself out if you want to go dating? How do you meet people? Uh, maybe if you're in a situation, you I don't know, you might still be living at home because of your physical disabilities. It's like, how do you navigate that? And what's the best way to set up your dating profile? Uh, what to mention, you know, some of the things we've, we've spoken about in our conversation today is what do you disclose? What do you sort of hold back on for, for the first stages? Um, and just stuff like accessible tantra idea of that sort of energy transfer and and looking at sex as not just about orgasms and um, there's going to be stuff specifically to do with maybe somebody's had a spinal cord injury and um, also this year we've got several people who are uh, neurodiverse so we'll be talking about autism and asperger's adhd um, and we'll have the aim with love abilities the target people that we're getting involved our number one target um, for presenters are people who actually have disabilities. They're the ideal. So something to do with experience, knowledge, qualifications in the area of sex, um, and also the person has a disability. And then we have other stages as well, experts by experience. Uh, we also have 
you know, not everybody has a disability, so we're not going to be disablest and exclude people <laughs> that are able-bodied. And mm-hmm. um, but it's just really nice. It's focused on us as the disabled community rather than being an academic event. Um, it, we won't stop people that are professionals in the field joining in you know they can buy a ticket as well as anybody else and um, but it's very much last year's last year's festival was just it was lovely because people connected with each other and there was a lovely sense of community um, and the very fact that you and I are here talking on this occasion that wouldn't have happened without exactly. that festival yes um, and it's and you see people blossoming with their confidence um, and and it's just yeah so I highly recommend it to your listeners um, uh, it will be at affordable prices um, and one ticket will cover three days and the there will be recordings of sessions that will be available for up to 30 days after the actual event uh, which means that if like me you have maybe limited energy uh, you can Yes, it's nice to be at a session live, but if that's not possible, um, then you can always watch it on catch up. It'll it'll be good. And you and you are involved in it this year as well, which yeah. is fantastic. So we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> yes, definitely. Can't wait. Well, if folks would like to get a hold of you, um, how can they reach out? The most straightforward way is via our website. So that's all the W's and then it's SWAD, S-W-A-D, Dorset which is D-O-R-S-E-T dot org, O-R-G. So all the W's, swaddorset.org. And uh, we've got our super duper new website that we're very proud of Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we had a a bog standard one for quite a long time. Um, But part of the funding that I got last year meant we could actually have what I call a proper website. Um, And so we have information on there. We have resources that are free. Um, and we will be continuing. So any courses that we have, all of our courses are delivered online at the moment. And actually, because it maximizes the amount of energy for me, so I can do more and be more helpful to more people if I'm not traveling to training events. So for the foreseeable future, everything will be online, which means happily that people like yourselves and people all over the world, if they are interested in something that we're doing, then you just, you know, register and come on a course. And we do some things that are free and that's very important to us. Um, And we will be offering uh, in the future sessions that are on like a sliding scale because, you know, I've been in the position and I know a lot of people are still in the position where you're on a very low income, um, which is ironic given that often there is a higher cost to being disabled because of things like paying for equipment and, and stuff like that. Um, so we, we're a not-for-profit organisation um, and we're at the moment we are in the process of getting charitable status, so we will be a charity. Um, and. And that's what it's, that's what we're about, really, is doing the most that we can, given the resources um, that we have. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I can't believe the time it's flown by. It's like, oh, my God. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, and I, I'm just sort of at the end of the internet uh, because of my um, sleep patterns. And um, then we we do have a phone number and Mike will obviously pick up. I mean, you guys are in America, so that might be quite a cost call, but we can do calls by WhatsApp or, you know, Messenger or whatever, Zoom. Um, and the uh, email address to get me on is Lorraine at swordorset.org. Um, just if anybody wants to do that, but we are virtually unshockable um, and anything goes, you know, say what you need to say, how you need to say it, um, and we'll do our best to help. And and thank you for having me. It's been a blast. This is the very first podcast that I've been on. <laughs> so oh, awesome. it's really exciting. It's yeah. been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I love how whenever I do these interviews, I learn so much more than I had expected. It was such an honor to interview Lorraine Stanley today. She's someone in the field that I look up to, and I hope to work with this international goddess again in the near future.
At the end of every episode, I'll be posting a question for you to consider. In today's episode, Lorraine talked about being true to yourself and being able to look in a mirror. Today's question is what does your alternative lifestyle, whether it's kink, polyamory, swinging, etc., what does your alternative lifestyle teach you about yourself? How does it influence the person that you have become? Thanks for joining me today. Stay well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at desirability.com or on any social media at desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.